All wings report in. Housestar, standing by. Mother Goose, standing by. Lock S foils in attack position. Animal Squadron ready for battle. Welcome back, everyone, to the Animal Squadron podcast. This is your hairiest host, Mother Goose. Today, sadly, your co-pilots have gone missing. But my good friend, Joshua Richter, has joined us today. Hello, everybody. How you doing? This is the... All right, all right. I want to break the curtain real quick. This is the first time I've ever heard the title hairiest of host. the podcast. Dude, I, this is amazing. Thank you. <laughs> this is amazing. Thank you. So, um, we got so I'm Mother Goose. We got our um, our house dog. Uh, that's my buddy Mac. We started this back in like September 2020. Oh um, man! And then uh, we actually just brought on a third uh, a third host, our boy Low Tech Tuck. We we joke that he's been a Minoc, just like attached to our ship the entire time. That finally, like, snuck his way on board. Ah, <laughs> uh, he finally got the screen time. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but everyone, don't worry. They're both okay. They're both. They both just had work work trips, and they will be back soon. I didn't. I didn't kick them off the ship. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> this is not an Among Us situation. <laughs> I Among. I Among Us. So today we're going to be talking about our favorite lightsaber designs. This is one I'm super excited uh, to really Ooh, get into. Man. But before we do, Josh, uh, why don't you tell everyone how you like? How did you get into Star Wars? What are some of your like? Maybe tell someone like your favorite Star Wars like projects. Uh, your first one that you watched. Like really, really dive in. Okay. All right. All right. So it all started probably i probably have the most basic like origin story of this but it all started my dad sat both my brother both my brothers and i down and we watched a new hope nice and we were just hooked Mm -hmm. like hook line and sinker at the like from the very beginning and so we blasted through four five six eventually saw one two and three and so that Basically, the love for Star Wars grew. I kind of started off being the person where I was like, four, five, and six are the best, no question. Yeah. Boo-hoo, one, two, and three. But over time, I actually come to, I've come to love one, two, and three, yeah. which has been really funny. Um, and just the more I think about it, the more I'm like, oh, I see what you're trying to go there. And I love that that it's getting elaborated yeah. as far as the future shows. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know if you want to start with the hot take yet, but my favorite Star Wars project is Andor. Ooh, ooh, that I. It is a good one. I'm. I'm not gonna lie. Not, not one of my favorites, but I understand why people love it. Yeah. So, I think it's just because my I, and you kind of know my sensibilities, yeah, yeah. especially since we went to school together and we've had these conversations off air, on air, everywhere. Yeah. And yeah. it was. So for me, why I, I love the boots on the ground feel, and I always knew Star Wars had that capability mm-hmm. of doing so. It's like it's called Star Wars yeah. for a reason. Mm-hmm. So I was always I I, I really liked Rogue One, problems and all. I, I like I love the the I've always loved the war aspect the clones. Yeah. Like that's always yeah that aspect has always been my favorite. What Andor did to show all right here's 
ha- here is literally ground zero of everything that's happening and then from the writing to the acting and everything down i can i i think after the andy circus episodes yeah like that art that's that's where really i went clicked for me too that's where i was like I think I'd like this more than Empire. Ooh. I kind of feel crazy for saying that, but that's how I'm feeling. And then how they stuck the landing for season one, I was just like, I think I'm going to say it. And so I've, so that's, yeah. that's my favorite project. Empire Strikes Back has always been in high regard for me. Yeah. Uh, so it's, I, I'm starting to love, I'm starting to find all the things I love about like Star Wars, but Andor and Empire Strikes Back are just on a completely different yeah. level for me. That's really awesome. Um, so my my co-hosts, they, I actually quit watching Andor before the Andy Circus episodes. They were begging really? me. They're like, come on, you just have to watch a couple yeah. more. Yeah. Okay. So what made you like not all the way into it? I think... For me, it just felt a little slow, which I wouldn't I wouldn't change it in any way because I think the whole story that we're given in a season one is really good and it, you need time to develop characters and motives and everything. And so when it got there, it was fantastic. I think it just, uh, like I said, it just felt a little slow at the beginning. I, I don't blame you. Like, I, I definitely does feel that way. Episodes one through three. Yeah. For sure. So I'm kind of happy they released all those like all at once. Me too. Yeah. And to and just for it's like, hey, here are the first three, and then you're you're just come enjoy the ride with us. Yeah, for sure. But I I love the like almost jab hook undercut feel of of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not undercut, uppercut. Yeah. For sure. I, I'm directionally challenged. <laughs> so. <laughs> um. So let me ask you this because I. Um. What was your first Star Wars film you got to see in theaters? Force Awakens. Re- really? Re- really? Yeah. So I ne- never got a chance to watch any of the re-releases in theaters. Wow. So it Force Awakens was the first one. Okay. So so to me, Force Awakens, uh, Force Awakens is very special for that yeah. aspect of it. Yeah. That that's really awesome. Um, the reason I ask is because me and all my co-hosts are very. We all had the exact same story of our very first one was episode three with our dads like very specifically that's our dads took us out of school to go see the movie that's amazing yeah it's just a funny coincidence and i was like you know what if anyone's gonna share this it's probably gonna be josh yeah so yeah surprisingly for me wasn't that wasn't the case yeah uh i mean i'll just i was focused on different things so we just never got around to it i'm pretty sure you know, I I never asked my dad, but I'm pretty sure he snuck out to watch ep- <laughs> uh, episode three. But I never, I, yeah. But none of my brothers and I we ever did. But but at that point, we were hooked on the Gendy Clone Wars arcs, yeah, and then uh-huh. uh, right then, um, then the Dave Filoni Clone Wars a couple years afterwards. And so that's so we, no matter what, we've all been hooked on Star Wars yeah. to the point where like. Like my brothers and I are texting is like, did you just see Clone Wars? Like we're going all like mm-hmm. deep dive into Clone Wars to Rebels, especially. Yeah. Until I just kind of ran out of time, but it, it, Star Wars is very near and dear to my heart, just because like, I mean, we're we both met at school, we both wanted to make films. I definitely think for me, like eighty percent of that is because I watched Star Wars at yeah. such a young age and have that great feeling with my family. Yeah, 
for sure. For sure. I don't know. So that's one of my favorite things is just getting to talk to Star Wars fans and like finding out what it really means to them because it's so, so impactful. Yeah, it's 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 in its own way. And each person has like a special way of like, oh, I I generally watched it with the original trilogy with my family. But then there's some it's like, no, I grew up with the prequels. Mm -hmm. And that's how I bonded. And then there's some that's going to be, yeah. well, I grew up with, at like 20 years from now, I grew up with Mando. I grew up with the sequel trilogy. Mm -hmm. And so, and being able to kind of just like connect on that level, I think is such a, it's such a sweet moment of in time. Yes. For sure. Also to our listeners, uh, Josh did not disappoint. He's got his Mandalorian hat on, a Mandalorian shirt on. Yeah. He had to, you know, had to, he, he knew he came prepared. Yeah. Uh, well, you ready to start talking about lightsabers? Let's do it. I think it's been like 20 minutes into this episode, but yeah. Let's <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes you kind of listen, yeah. this is, if there's a show for tangents, this is the one. Oh buddy. And be prepared for a three hour episode. Hell let's do this thing. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, okay. Right. So I, I will, start us off just like all of our yeah. other top five videos we each um or not videos each of our top five podcasts uh we've each brought our top five and some honorable mentions that we're going to be talking about today uh so my number five this is really this is really hard i <laughs> i actually hate that we have to only do five and i made the rules <laughs> um <laughs> But I'm going to go with the uh, Temple Guard lightsabers from Clone Wars and Rebels. Oh, dude, that would be on my honorable mention. I, that one totally escaped my memory. I just, okay, I know we're talking about lightsaber design specifically, but, like, just the vibe of the Temple Guards and, like, the how, like, in unison they are, their armor looks great, and... I bring up the armor because the lightsabers match so well. They fit so well. Yeah, no, like when, when if you're going to rank off the aesthetic of the lightsaber, everything else has to get included yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, but th that temple guard there is just almost when you see it ignite, it's just like this esteemed priority. Yeah. With with the guard, and it's like okay, when they ignite nothing else matters like it's strictly business yeah and okay so in clone we don't really get this in clone wars but in rebels we got the like folding version that we also see yeah uh dark ray has in episode nine where you know it's two lightsabers kind of pointed the same direction and then you can flip it to make it a double-sided lightsaber i yeah. love that so much it's it's of such a unique design but it's really solid yeah and I, I i think i mentioned this already but the coloring of the actual lightsaber matches so well with the like yellow blades yes absolutely especially when uh, when they were doing it with the in rebels when they're going with the backstory of the uh, inquisitor mm -hmm. and with a with the temple guard it, it's just oh man it it just works so well. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I was I was actually watching the Temple Guard or, or some episodes of the Clone Wars um, within the last couple days, specifically with the Temple Guard in them. And I, I was specifically looking at the hilts. I don't think the, like, flipping design was there originally. Um, and so my first thought was, oh, there's contradictions. And then I'm like, not necessarily – 
they could just have had them unfolded the whole time. Like, just because we don't see that in Clone Wars, to my knowledge, doesn't mean it's a contradiction. Baloney loves to add context. Yeah. Later on, it's not necessarily a retcon. It's just, oh, here's what I also get to say. Yeah, exactly. And so I think that exactly within the, the design, that like that makes sense. And like, so like I, I've got some photos up, really, and even most of the Clone Wars Temple Guards have their hands covering where that fold would be anyway. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, one of my absolute favorites. Uh, what do you have for your number five? Number five, Darth Maul. Oh, good. I'm sorry. It's, it it's, had here's to the, be here's on the thing. here. Yeah, it had to be on here. But more importantly, it's the entrance. Mm-hmm. The entrance where you get one, like especially Phantom Menace, they, they're teasing just one lightsaber. Yeah. And then when you get to moment, the other side lights up. Six-year-old me, boom. Same. Like mind Same. blown. I, I don't I, – I very – I only remember a little bit from my very first watch through of episode one, and that is one of the moments. Yeah. So, and also how Ray Park just maneuvered with it. Like, it was such an, it was just it's a forceful weapon. Yeah. And I think it, it fits Maul perfectly to have that, and especially when you go into the Clone Wars arc of things. Yes. It's just so, it's so perfect to have something so, like, for lack of a better word like obtuse it's a giant staff yeah but but it's the fact of like the swift movements but it's almost like the like the powerful like samurai but who's kind of having the strength of like a of a british broadswordsman yeah Mm -hmm. and it's just that blend together but oh man it's it had to be on the list for me something i really like about it is it's very it's very simplistic, like the actual design of it. Oh, it's literally the same thing each way. Yeah. And then it just connects in the middle. Mm-hmm. But like there's I think there's beauty in that simplicity. Yeah. Because it's 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 you're focused more on Maul. You're focused more on like the fact that it is a double bladed lightsaber, and this is the first time we're ever getting to see it and like I think it just fits perfectly. I, th- I think if they'd gone with a more intricate design, uh, like for say the uh, Jedi Temple Guards, I don't know. I just I think it would have stuck out a little bit instead of like yeah. blending it all together into this one like uniform design. Yeah, and I think what I also love about it is that Maul was using even the hilt as part of the weapon, yeah. so it wasn't like it was giant for giant's sake. Mm-hmm. Like there was a purpose in using it as a blunt weapon as well. Yes, and the fact that like even when it's cut in half, you can he can still operate at least one side. I yes. can't remember. I, do you do you know? Does his lightsaber have two or one kyber crystals? Uh, I think. I want to say Clone Wars answered that. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I am not the greatest yeah. uh, historians when it comes to this, but I'm pretty sure if it was uh, if it was cut, he, one side was able to be used. Yes, I know. So I know for sure one side can be used. Uh, I just yeah. can't remember if the other side also could be used. Because I, I know for a while not he's 100%. using one his one half of his original lightsaber and the dark saber for a while. Yeah. I am literally on episode eight of season seven. Like I'm just an episode really? or two away from 
like watching that again. I love season seven of Clone Wars. Wasn't the biggest fan of the of the little mini arc in between, but when they got to the Siege of Mandalore, yeah, it is peak Star Wars. Yeah. So okay, so that's the arc I'm watching right now, and like, uh, we don't have to go too deep into it, but I actually, um, I'm enjoying it more than I remember I did. So I I was in awe, and I think it just hits. The last episode hits perfectly for mm-hmm. me. I agree. I and that's where like, oh yeah, yeah, like you've seen it already, so I'll, I'll spoil yeah. it a little bit. It's just the whole the whole Order sixty six angle, and I love this recontextualization that happens. Yeah, and then you see like, oh, here's Ahsoka's like reaction to it. Here's Rex's reaction mm-hmm. to it. And then, like, how Maul escapes, and then what happens to Mandalore, and now, now with Mandalore season three, like that's that adds more context to it, so it's very interesting. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Um, okay, sorry. While we're on a tangent, I have a quick question. We're talking about lightsabers. What do you prefer in terms of uh, Kyber crystals, and specifically the red lightsabers, uh, Legends lore or the Disney, the new Disney canon lore? Ooh. The synthetic legends versus the bleeding canon. Oh man. I see both. Yeah. I, I I can I understand the argument for both. I think personally, I love the fact that like if you're if you're a Sith who is manipulating how the force can be used, it makes sense that you're man- manipulating the material of the kyber that is being used to. Yeah. Uh, ignite the lightsaber mm-hmm. so to me the i think the bleeding hits more on a spiritual level of star wars yeah um rather than synthetic but i also understand totally understand like why they did synthetic and legends lore. yeah yeah i i agree um it, it was one of those things where i was so mad about at first and then the more i thought about the change i was like Wait, I actually really, I really like this, especially when you add in the whole like purification of the blood crystals, yeah. turning it white. I don't know. I just really like it. Oh yeah, there, there's there's been a lot of things where I, I didn't like it at first, and then I thought about it, and I had to, I literally had to force myself to think about it and like think about whatever it is. And I was like, okay, I actually like this part. So if they take it in this direction, I'm actually going to really like. It. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, you ready to move on to our number four? Let's do it. Great. So I have Dooku's lightsaber. That's my four too. Okay, cool. It yes. always it always happens. There's always at least one where people line up. Uh, well, great. We can kind of just talk about this together. Um, it, Look, Curve Hill will always make it. It's so cool, right? Yeah, it's such it's it's so elegant for the backstory mm-hmm. that that Count Dooku has, and just like coming from a high class like area before uh high class like society before going down to uh to be like with with Jedi and right, then eventually moving right. on to Sith. To me, I would have not I would have not put this on my list, or it would have been an honorable mention until I saw Tales of the Jedi. Yes, uh huh. And the blue lightsaber with the curve hill, it is glorious. Yes. It is so beautiful to look at. Mm-hmm. But it but just having it just perfectly encapsulates Dooku. Yeah, I, I agree. And the fact that like um, you know, the a lightsaber again, um, not necessarily connected to design, but it 
also is heavily connected to like fighting style and just the way Dooku fights with it. Uh, it's so unique from other Jedi's. I love that it's inspired by like classic fencing, you know, the more like yeah, well, and, parry and, and but, jab. But even in like the Clone Wars episodes, I love the fact how Dooku fights. It it completely like almost imitates fencing yeah, or yeah. like med- medieval like swordsmanship, kind of like a Rob Roy kind of style, starring Liam uh, Neeson, mm-hmm. and so. And, and so I just I love that aspect about Dooku. Yes, and I love I love the like silver and black coloring of it. I love yeah. Um, I love the way he holds it. He, this man yes. is always elegant with his saber. Yeah, so he'll like start up here and then go back down, and it's just so it's absolutely wonderful. Yeah, and even when Christopher Lee was using it, it was. I mean, oh, the perfect actor was, for Dooku. Yeah, the perfect actor for Dooku. Yeah. You could not have asked for anyone better. Um, I also really... So, it's so hard to describe in an audio-only medium, but, like, the little, like, tip that comes off, the, like, metal bit that comes up yes. over uh, on his saber, again, yes. it just... It has such a unique design that just... It really sticks out from other sabers. Yeah, completely sticks out, but it it also just goes to show, like, no matter what, if I were to close my eyes and immediately open and you show me that hilt, I can tell you exactly who it is. Yeah. Like, it is so synonymous mm-hmm. with not only Star Wars, but Count Dooku specifically. This, this is one – so, like, the Jedi Temple lightsabers I definitely felt like was a five. I love the design, but it's it's not really unique to anyone, so I feel like it's not as powerful – Dooku's lightsaber, honestly, I just put it at number four because it could have been four, three, two, or one, and I just was tired it, yeah. of trying to find a right spot. There is a clear. I I feel like for starting with Dooku's, there is a clear tier. Yeah. Of lightsaber. Yeah. Um. You know, and it's just it's part of that thing of, um, the prequel trilogy and like George Lucas. Yeah did not disappoint in terms of lightsaber designs. We were talking about Mauls. Dooku's is so unique. Uh, I mean... Yeah, we got a few others, like, on my list. Out. Like, I love the design of this, yeah. but I love the fact that, like, it's, like, it's supposed to be a functioning society, and so I love that there's different variations of just how lightsabers are made, like Jedi in their prime, the Republic in its prime. Mm-hmm. And so you start to see the different flourishings that happen is where things can, like, interact and and change. And, and we're seeing that in uh, – we saw that in Mandalorian Season 3 with, like, just the functioning society of Coruscant. Right, yeah. And just to, um, and just to imagine, like, man, that – that's like literally if the United Nations just threw up in one area mm-hmm. and just you're getting all these different cultures and ideas and then you go, what if I did this or that? And then that breeds kind of the innovation and just the different variety that's there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's just so good. And you're, you're completely right I, on the like it, it makes it feel more more real because in a real like specifically talking about lightsabers in a real if this were a real world people would have different lightsabers because there's Absolutely. so much like individual individualism in just like people in general 
Yeah, and I just love the fact that it, it just screams Dooku. It's whether there's Dooku. a where, yeah, rather whether there is a blue crystal or a red crystal in there, it it is Dooku. Yeah. Okay, so we're talking about blue crystal. Did you play the um, episode three video game? Long, long, long time ago. Yeah. Did you get to play um, the multiplayer uh, like? fighting game that was attached to it where if you yeah. were the second player you could have blue saber dooku yep yeah and then everyone's like oh what happened to the, what what's with that and then now in tales of the jedi you get to see that fulfilled yeah yeah for sure it, it's nice um um it, it's nice that it's come full circle yeah uh very full circle i also love the the recontext contextualization of dooku and tales of the jedi it, it's one of my it, he's become one of my favorite characters yeah in star wars period yeah after what they did there i think uh, i was texting my brother just it was like it has no business being this yeah. good <laughs> yeah i know i literally so my dad he's not a big animation guy um he doesn't really like animation but he loves star wars and so i told him i was like listen you just need to watch these three episodes you don't have to watch anything else just these three tales of the jedi episodes with dooku what what did he say did he love them he did, did he... he really enjoyed them yeah yeah luckily like so my like my dad loves drawing so like an, like the animation thing was never just a worry with yeah. us and plus i also think we grew up at the right time mm -hmm. as they were announcing them also like we've all been like fans of it but i was the latest to, in my family when it came to tales of the jedi i just never got around to watching it because yeah. it came right when the peak of andor and i only had like one show to watch yeah and yeah you will you will not stop me from watching diego luna period <laughs> right and so and and so i finally got around to watching it um before a trip and i watched it glued just absolutely glued love the ahsoka arc but the duca arc had me captivated yeah yeah and i think if we get more tales of the jedi or even a tales of the sith i would really like at least a couple more episodes on Dooku from uh, the transition of where he is at the end of Tales of the Jedi to where we see him in the beginning of um, episode two. Uh, I definitely see I see the connection between the two. I just would like a little more. My so my personal hope with Dooku is that we get one more episode, and it's five and it's. It ends five minutes before Anakin and Obi Wan get to him oh. like, during the Battle of Coruscant. Oh, that would be nice. And where, where like, do, do we see Duke for Duku being such a free thinker when it comes to like, hey, this is right, or what the Republic doing here is wrong, what this senator yeah. is doing wrong, and he's taking of resources, you're hurting other people, and like, does he become a like almost a free thinker by the time it's like, all right, why are we in this war? This is, this is basically gone on for way longer than anyone could have imagined mm -hmm. and obviously i'm pretty sure palpatine did not tell him the plan at all that he was going to get decapitated by anakin right at that moment yeah. but like i i would love to wonder what's going through his head during the battle of coruscant which is still one of like my favorite sequences yeah. in all of star wars yeah i i i agree uh all right you ready to move on to our number three number three let's do it all right I have Obi-Wan Kenobi's, uh, oh, how do I phrase this? His episode one lightsaber. I was going to say original okay. lightsaber, and then uh, because I was thinking, okay, chronologically, it's his first one. 
but then also the, original we see his other lightsaber first so the, yes yeah the og ewan lightsaber yes. is what i'm here so this one has just so much nostalgia behind it because i'm i'm not yeah. gonna lie i'll be honest this was my first lightsaber toy was uh this Damn. lightsaber and i played with that for probably thousands of hours yeah so mine was the obi-wan hilt but a purple lightsaber <laughs> you know what actually now that you bring it up that was yeah mine had a purple lightsaber too yes. <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> i don't know there's just like it's it's sleek and it's very it's very clearly inspired by qui-gon's lightsaber but the like yes. almost like mace like end on it makes it really yes. stick out uh and i really like thinking about it i really love that like so Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan's lightsaber is very inspired by Qui-Gon's, but then it, it comes again full circle um, to where uh, Luke's second lightsaber is very inspired by Obi-Wan's. Obi-Wan. Yeah. Yep. Um, but no, I just, again, the, I think black and silver is just such a nice color combination for lightsabers. Um, and it's especially at the time where he was he had no i don't think he had no he had the braid at that point yeah mm -hmm. and uh and then he had like the all the very light beige like outfit so the black and silver kind of pops off and then the then the blue, blue. yeah um, yeah it's a solid lightsaber it did, so sadly it did not make my list but that was an honorable mention nice um and i really like the um the the handle of it like where you actually hold the lightsaber it's so like defined yeah. you've got the the black on very one ergonomic end. yeah with the silver stripes and then on the other side you just have a wall of silver it just it looks like a handle i think more so than any other lightsaber yeah 100 percent um i don't know and again just like so i don't know about you but like i would play with it like a lightsaber as a kid but i would also flip it around and like use the mace end <laughs> to hit people with <laughs> i was a violent child no so I'll, I'll give you a fun story so um i grew up in orlando so a couple times we went to star wars weekends back this was back in the day so when before galaxy's edge before disney and star wars was even like ever a thought so basically they had it to where all the kids could spar darth maul vader and all that um fun fun stuff well i brought my lightsaber nice. now granted all my friends and i we were lights we were doing lightsaber duels all the time yeah so yeah. this thing was beat to death <laughs> like the like it was purple 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 and one plastic part was white because it was about to break wow nice and so my dad's about to start recording. I'm about to spar Darth Vader. I go to whip out my lightsaber and it doesn't come out oh, no. because the plastic part got messed up. So I, I had to go and pull it <laughs> just like, yeah, you get it. And then you, uh, so as my dad tells the story, you see Vader doubled over laughing at me <laughs> because this kid is, because this kid's pulling out some like archaic like cane almost uh -huh. <laughs> and then and then i i i went after him but yeah that ah, i i love that lightsaber yeah oh it, my first first ever toy lightsaber it was wonderful yeah for sure uh okay what do you have for your number three 
okay. The more I think about it, the more I like it. It's um, I didn't expect it to be on my list, but it's Kylo Ren's lightsaber. Okay, yeah, yeah. And the old, I think it just perfectly inca- uh, it perfectly captures the character of mm-hmm. Kylo Ren. So I love that there's exhaust ports and like it's not the full efficiency of what the prequel lightsabers were. It's all it's this this kind of weird Frankenstein amalgamation. Yeah, and like of the like the hero worship of Vader, and so like and then you get this broadsword, almost this archaic feeling yeah. to this lightsaber and i love how they choreographed adam driver using it and then whoever his double was whose name escapes me at the moment but i love the fact that it was treated like a broadsword mm-hmm. it and i love i love the exhaust coming out of it it was such a such a unique design i love the chaotic feel of the blade yeah uh, there were I know it, for a lot of people, this probably doesn't make anyone's list, but I just think when it comes to how it fits the character, the design, and to me, just like the the visual aesthetic of it, like that's it's ha- it had to be in the list. Yeah. So okay, this will be a really a really weird uh, note, but the like single red wire that sticks off from the exhaust ports that goes down to the handle such a nice detail i love i love the detail so you know that like it's like he has no idea what he's doing yeah and like like not even just like in the moment but just repercussions of his actions and so i love that 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 you have no choice but to focus on that red wire Mm -hmm. and so it's like and we all have the innate thinking of ooh, loose wire not the greatest thing (laughs) right right and and you go and you go, oh, but that perfectly is Kylo Ren. That's perfectly Ben Solo, mm-hmm. where no idea what's going on. Like you're learning from you're you're learning from Snoke. Yeah. There is no Sith lore. There is no Sith community, obviously. There's nothing there. You're on your own. It's like it's not going to be a situation of, oh, I am just going to I know exactly what a, a lightsaber, a Sith lightsaber that is, is supposed to look like, and and so and then on top of that, the whole bleeding of the crystal, mm-hmm. and it's just it perfectly captures the character, yeah. and that's something I just value tenfold. Yeah. So correct me if I'm wrong. The reason his uh, crystal's unstable is because something went wrong when he was bleeding it, right? Yes. Okay. Cool. That's what I thought. Which again, yeah. like you were saying, just really encapsulates his character yeah yeah it, it, there's obviously we can talk about what the sequel trilogy was or what it wasn't yeah. or like what we all hoped it would be i i may not agree with some of the decisions uh some of the decisions they've made right with kylo ren i think the lightsaber they could not have done any better i i completely agree and you know so something we say on this podcast Almost every episode is like your Star Wars is your Star Wars. You know, you are allowed to like yeah. what you like and you are just as allowed to dislike what you dislike, you know? Yep. We we talked about a lot about how Star Wars has essentially become a restaurant. There's something for everyone on the menu. You're going to like something on the menu, but that doesn't mean you're going to like everything on the menu. So it's an incredible version of Golden Corral is what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much, Star yeah. Wars is cinematic golden corral. Exactly, exactly. That is our tagline for the episode. 
<laughs> yeah yeah you just have it in your uh, like in your like cover art for the podcast is star wars golden corral period <laughs> exactly exactly um yeah quote quotation marks josh richter quotation marks the uh, <laughs> the podcast um i think the last thing i want to point out about his lightsaber is what a cool lore pool on about the unstable uh yeah ky- kyber crystals and lightsabers because uh, I don't know about you. The first time I ever saw that was in The Force Unleashed. You had the option to have unstable yes. crystals, and it was so cool to see it on screen. Oh yeah, I love the fact that. So I never made that connection the first time I saw the Force Awakens yeah. trailer until like a couple of people mentioned it. I was like, "Oh man, that was like core memory unlocked <laughs> right? moment for me." Right. And but when I first saw the trailer, like I love like the deep blue like forest area you see the snow and then boom you you just see the lightsaber ignite like first the blade mm-hmm. and then the two side hand uh the side yeah. parts of it oh and the sound mm-hmm. the sound the crackling nature of it almost like well if we go back to golden corral just hearing something like <laughs> salmon crackle yeah. on the back pan the back pan in the kitchen the seafood area that might have been way too descriptive <laughs> No, let's not I get, ask I get any it. more questions. <laughs> but like that crackling was just so so delicious to listen to, especially in theater. Yes, I also love the memes of like the original trilogy had single bladed lightsabers, the prequel trilogy had double bladed lightsabers, <laughs> and then we got triple. And then we got triple. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's. Like, it, I mean, we're just living in the like best time, really, to be a Star Wars fan. Oh. yeah yeah i mean for a moment we had no star wars to some star wars and now multiple projects a year yeah yeah sign me up for sure um well before we move on to our number two picks do you have anything else no i i'm ready to uh get on with number two great my number two is the dark saber i i swear elijah we none of us neither of us talked beforehand what our list was going to be the dark saber's my number two as Hell well yeah it's so cool okay also real quick i am gonna just do a mandalorian season three spoiler tag here because i feel like talking about the dark saber we're gonna kind of get into it so um if you haven't finished season three you know maybe skip ahead like 10 minutes <laughs> That's a guess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it might be 30. It might be 30. The, the vibes of it, the lore behind yeah. it, the story, the like just Mandalorian's devotion to it in general. Like it's all so good. It just, it also just centers around three different shows. Like it, it's becomes a, such an important aspect mm-hmm. of not only Star Wars culture, but the Mandalorian culture. Like I love what they did uh, talking about Taz Vizsla and, and cl- the Clone Wars arc mm-hmm. of it all, and then how like Maul took it, and then Sabine and Bo Katan took it, and then u- ultimately what we get to in season three of Mandalorian. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's 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 like Dooku's. It's elegant, mm-hmm. but it's one hundred percent Mandalorian. I think that's what I love about it. It's it's so unapologetically Mandalorian. Yeah, and and the fact that like, I mean, it's black. It's the only canon yeah. black sa- saber that I know of. 
Um, it looks like an actual blade, which is just so unique. And like, I I love the fact that George Lucas was just like, like when they were making these episodes, was just like, yeah, a metal sword shouldn't be able to block a lightsaber, and like, that's how we got the dark saber. It was just like, oh, we've already animated this. We need a quick fix, and then it became something so integral to the Star Wars story. Yeah, I I love the white outline around it. It's uh so fun fact. It's Ashley's favorite. R- like honestly a good pick Uh, it was really close to to being my to where to where it's i occasionally will go look at it it's like okay are any of the lightsaber making companies uh are are they in stock of the dark saber i will look at it occasionally and then my wallet cries out for help but then i have to take care of that yeah but but i love it but it goes back to the what what inspired Star Wars, what inspired George Lucas. So I love that we get a heavy Kurosawa feel mm-hmm. when, because the fact that there is a legitimate blade to it yeah. rather than rather than just like this glowing beam of light. Okay, sorry, small tangent. How do you feel about the lightsaber blade theory? That normal lightsabers have a blade like the dark saber, but they're just producing so much light it looks like a circle, and that's why we get times where it does cut through things, and then other times it's like someone's hitting someone with a baseball bat. Um, you know, I am all in favor of what services the story and what aids our poor uh, VFX artists. <laughs> so. I can I can go either way. I can see it being the funny thing is, ironically enough, this has to get answered by James Mangold's film. Yeah. Uh The Dawn of the Jedi. And but I wouldn't I'm not surprised if it's just a oh, let's just like let's call it one way or the other. Yeah. Like, it it personally doesn't affect me either. Gotcha. Way. I also like the chainsaw theory, which is pretty similar. Just instead of a yeah. full blade, it's literally a chain, a plasma chainsaw. Did you ever see uh, the uh, the one physicist that's like, I'm going to build an actual lightsaber, not Hacksmith, which that one's a lot of fun. Yes. But, um, no. Uh-uh. But the uh, guy back in the day, I believe he uh, is a Japanese physicist, physicist and – uh, he basically was kind of thinking of almost like magnetism with the plasma, oh, okay. if I remember right. So it would always be coming back, like kind of like a chainsaw. Yeah. Now it requires so much power, so it was never portable. So it actually did look like the Ralph McQuarrie version back in the day. Gotcha. Uh, of what Luke's lightsaber and that being connected okay. was all about. Yeah. But um, to me, that it also just makes sense that the dark saber is. It, it doesn't have that, mm-hmm. but and it has just this little bit of lot aligning to it. Yeah, and I'm like, that's such an ingenious design to have it as Taz Vizsla being the first ever, like Ma- Mandalorian, truly, and like, of course, that's what the design of the saber would be at that point. Right. Yeah, the black saber with the primary, like, the black saber with the white outline to the black hilt with you know more of you know white. Um, yeah. detailing just looks so good yeah it looks so good so all right let's bring up mandalorian season three uh-huh. are you sad that it's destroyed yes yes and no i i'm sad it's destroyed 
but I understand the purpose of like the Mandalorians have become too dependent on it and it kind of needed to go. Yeah. I'm I'm okay. I'm okay that it's destroyed. I don't like how it was destroyed personally, yeah. but that's it kind of just got crushed. Yeah, I I feel like how the dark what with the dark saber like that's that's my microcosm of Mandalorian season three is like I like the decision. I think that's the correct decision. Like, and if I was a creator on Mandalorian season three, I would make that decision. Yeah. Now, do I like how it how it went there? Eh, I not really. I, I would I would have done personally a different way, but. Um, I still think overall it was it's a good decision to just get rid of it. I once think and for all. what would have made it a little better for me is if Bo-Katan's hand had also been broken. Oh, I I can see that. Like because this man literally crushed so the lightsaber, the hand, his hand. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I th- I think that was the only thing that I was just like I I liked it, but I was just like how how is her hand okay right now? Yeah. Um, my personal theory is that Grogu is going to take the Kyber crystal from the dark saber and create a new lightsaber from it. Yeah. Um, I can. I hope they do that angle because I. One does not simply become Mandalorian by not being Mandalorian. Sorry, my cat. So I have these, you know, sound panels everywhere. She's on. I've got a futon up here. She's on the edge of the futon. She reached all the way up as far as she could to the top of one of the sound panels and just slowly pulled it down off the wall. Hey, man, the cat got the high ground. She got, she got the high ground. Anyway, sorry, you were saying? <laughs> yeah, so... All I, sorry, I just went through a mental journey of thinking about your cat like on the high ground. It's <laughs> over, <laughs> but uh, so I I would love that theory with Grogu. I don't know what they do with Grogu. Yeah, after after season three, and I think that's something where, unfortunately, I kind of wish they took another year with Mandalorian season three to kind of iron out. Yeah. Well, I think I think a large part of it is I'm not even sure Grogu was supposed to come back. Yeah, so so I've I've had to do this mental gymnastics, uh, gymnastics uh, where I have to remember the two episodes in Book of Boba Fett that you have to watch mental, yeah, mentally add them into season three. Yeah, and and so that's where it's that's where the season does become a bit stronger for me because I think if you started with Return of uh, Bryce Dallas Howard's episode mm-hmm. in Book of Boba Fett, and that was episode one. I think you're you're like okay, this is an amazing, uh, like episode. And then if you go with that episode, and then going into going back to Bo Katan, I think it it would have wrapped the whole Mandalorian story. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit better, just because it's like oh hey, you have to remember that the clones are are just as much of mandalorian history as a mandalorian is yeah and i think what filoni and uh, a lot of that creator group has done is like they've really added so much awesome context to clones Mm -hmm. to which part of me really wish that would have been in the lore a little bit more yeah 
I, I agree. Um, okay, do you have anything else on the Darksaber before we move on to I some do not. honorable mentions? May the, dark, may the Darksaber rest in peace. For real. Uh, okay, so just real quick, um, my honorable mentions are Ezra Bridger's OG lightsaber, the gun lightsaber. <laughs> Again, another one. That's a, that's a, dang it. That's a, oh, another one I that I hated. I hated so much. I'm like, lightsabers aren't supposed to be guns. But when you actually watch the show and you're like, oh, it makes sense. He's trying to hide that he's it, a Jedi. It functions yeah. really, yeah. Um, Qui-Gon's lightsaber. Had to yep, have classic. I I literally they're so similar that I I was like I want one on my list and I went back and forth and I finally decided on Obi Wan's but I still have to um, throw it in here. Yeah. Maul's lightsabers here because I mean yep. again a classic and then this one hurt because Ahsoka is my favorite Jedi and so I I've got her lightsaber. I love that take. I I I have her lightsabers here on an honorable mention i wanted to put them on my number one so bad and then i was like they're cool but if we're talking just aesthetics separating from characters i don't know if they're my favorite i man i totally understand that dilemma so my honorable mention my big one was Mm -hmm. anakin's lightsaber yeah I was like, it's 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 I, the I'm lightsaber, it, right? Yeah, it's the lightsaber, but I do love it. I love the fact that it's just the random flash handle from the old film camera, right? It, and I'm like, I was like, I have to like re- respect the history and put it on there. Um, the one I I thought about was Asajj Ventress was on the yes. list, mm-hmm. and then the Gendi Kit Fisto. When he go, when he ignites it underwater. Oh yeah! Just because I don't know what it takes to have a waterproof lightsaber, but I am all ears. That okay? That yeah. That arc is one of my absolute favorites from, um, his Clone Wars. Yes. Um, I I I don't know. It, it's the Which one that get- I remember most as a kid. A- and to learn that it's finally over. Uh, in Mando. Yeah, right? And they've made peace. I was like, yeah, great. I'm all for peace here. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay, so sorry. I, I just brought up a picture of Kit Fisto's lightsaber. I love how Gindy animated it Animated it because it, it looks like flames as it's like pulsing yes. through the water. And just the refraction mm-hmm. of it. It's, I love, I love it. Yeah, for sure. I Yeah, which... Uh, Gendy does something incredible with water afterwards too um, where it's uh, I think it's the Asajj Ventress and the Anakin fight when they're fighting in the rain raining, mm-hmm. and the rain's hitting the, rain the lightsaber the and it's creating the smoke yeah, yeah. oh man it's the the images from, from that two uh, two episode arc I think that's I think that's also why I I love the boots on the ground mm-hmm. aspect of Star Wars because the arc troopers in, in the in the episode it was incredible for sure. All right, my friend, any other honorable mentions, or should we move to our number one? Man, um, the one I'm intrigued about, and I didn't put it on the list because I have not seen it like a visual of it at all. I'm excited about the acolytes. Uh, is it for I forgot her I forgot her name, but it it's like a lightsaber whip. 
Yes. Mm -hmm. I know exactly what you're talking about. I am excited to see how that turns out. Me too. Uh, But I could not put it on the list because I have not seen it yet. But it definitely could be up here, here in like, you know, a few years. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So, and I want you to know, my co-host and I, we argue about this all the time, all the time. So I'm purposely pronouncing this character's name wrong and my co-host isn't here. So you can't say anything about it. He's going to hate me when he listens to this episode. It's a uh, Gungi's lightsaber, the wooden one. <laughs> oh, what a call. Yeah, it's we've only seen it a couple times, but like it's so smooth. Like I'm looking at it right now. It's you know, it's got the wooden handle with the couple metal bits what on it. What a call. What a call. Yeah. Um I, I don't know. I just, like, I know it has metal on the inside and it's more of just like a wooden casing, but like a wooden lightsaber is just such a cool concept to me. And it, but so, they executed it so well. Oh, that's such a good call. I, that one completely went over my head. Yeah, I don't know. I just, like, and the, like, there's just a couple, like, um, uh, rings where the wood has been like carved in yeah. a little bit. I don't know how to describe that better, but it's just like the yeah, it has the, these the wood engra- yeah the wood engravings some really nice detail to it. Um, so nice, yeah, a a fantastic lightsaber. And even the, so, I'm looking at the uh, even the metal is like has these lines running through it. it just adds really really nice detail, like. If I was building my own lightsaber, I I think I'd build something like this. Oh yeah, easily. Um, but that's such a that's such a good call, right? And the fact that it's a Wookiee too that wields yeah. it. Yes. Um, it's such an, that's an incredible choice at number one. Thank you, thank you. All right, my friend, what a, what do you have? Favorite Jedi, I had to do it. Mace Windu is my number one. Nice. That that was pur- that one I struggled with putting not mentioning. Yeah, the purple blade for sure, and then I love the black and gold and silver embellishments on it. Um, I I also like love the fact that like you all, you you rarely ever see it, but when it's ignited, it, when it's ignited, it's it means business. Yeah, and. Correct me if I'm wrong. At least in, I know there was a lot of other colors included in like the legend stuff, but film-wise, this is the first time we saw a new lightsaber color since Return of the Jedi, right? Yes. Yeah. So th- like this was a momentous occasion. Yeah, it was such a momentous occasion. I love the fact that it was Samuel Jackson saying, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna have purple." Yeah, he like he just Period. wanted a purple one, yeah. and so he got his way. There, there was no, there was no story significance whatsoever. It was, "I want a purple lightsaber, and I want it now." And I repeated that as a kid, and I still repeat it to this day. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm looking through it, you know, some photos of it. Like uh, we've been talking about the coloring, you know, the black, the gold, the silver. Like I, I think it uses the silver and black that we see regularly with a lot of lightsabers well but that addition of gold just gives it so much like character 
I I love the fact, especially with Windu just being so much of a plays both sides of the force kind of uh character mm-hmm. to where it's like he's he doesn't mind lending into kind of like the dark side like sensibilities but also having the stoicness and the and the presence of a like a master jedi so i love the fact that there's black and there's silver and there's gold it's almost like everything into one yeah and it's it's and it's not like it's not afraid to get dirty but it knows when to get when to be clean. Yeah, and then and, and it knows it stands out with the purple blade. And like we, I think we should also talk about that. Like typically in like medieval times, uh, purple was associated with royalty. Uh, you know, so I think it really sticks out here. Um, also, you were talking about him not being afraid to like get his hands dirty. One of my favorite Mace Windu lines is when he's surrounded by droids and he's like. At this point in the Clone Wars, I've killed over a hundred thousand of you, so I'm giving you a chance to surrender. Hey, that man was all about the business. He was all about the business. He, so the whole purple thing, like he, he's very regal. Yes, and he's very like, he's moral. He's morally just to a fault, I think. You know which. Yeah, is goes into the whole the Jedi Order. You know, they kind of needed to fall at this point, but um, yeah. And I, I think Mace is a, you know, when you really look at his character, not just his, a lot of the Jedi, but uh, he kind of goes into that. Um, I forgot where I was going with this. <laughs> I mean, I'll I'll kind of take yeah. it a slightly different direction <laughs> to where you were going with it. Was Tales of the Jedi. We're going back to Tales of the mm-hmm. Jedi, but the episode with Windu and Dooku and basically how they they set it up to where like one's finding the truth right. of what happened and then learning the truth of what the senator did mm-hmm. versus someone who just kind of was idle yeah. and did what he had to do to survive in advance. And when he advanced to the Jedi Council, when he got that promotion and I – is that's where it's like okay i get why the jedi order failed after so many years yeah like i see the complacency i see the dogma and the lack of understanding and context is like we have these rules but we don't know why we have these right right and and unfortunately i think mace windu does does embody that Mm -hmm. to a fault to where it's like flashy oh jedi here here we go but not understanding how things go and that even him as himself in the battle against uh, uh, Palpatine. Right. Yeah. Um, but even so, he's still a sick Jedi. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. It's still my favorite lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gotten it on multiple occasions. It's I, I love the design. Yeah. It, it, it's one of those, again, that just like really sticks out. Like you look at it and you're like, that's that's Mace's lightsaber exactly yeah uh well great do you have anything else on it no i i i think we said what we needed to say i think so about the great mace windu about yeah, for sure well why don't you tell everyone where they can uh find you and your stuff hi so you can find me uh on basically on instagram at imj richter or at under uh at filmproof underscore creative that's the company my wife and i have uh have co-founded and as we 
uh, work to kind of bring content out there into the world. Um, I also have a podcast to listen to. I run the Last Place Fantasy Football podcast. So if you're looking into dynasty leagues and things with future context, we're going to be your one-stop shop for that. You can find us at Last Place FP on all platforms, including YouTube. Give me give me a pitch here. I'm I'm not uh, I am not necessarily the biggest football fan. Why? Um, what what makes yours podcast stick out? So for us, one, it's just three dudes who love talking about football, and that is going to be the core of our show. We're just three friends who love talking about ball constantly. Yeah, and but what how we center our show is to focus on the future ramifications a lot of times especially in sports we always think about the next season well we love talking about oh how can we see this not only with this season but next season and the season after that so we talk about contracts we talk about future implications and we talk about the inner workings of running a fantasy league where you have to think years ahead instead of weeks ahead yeah that's that is really cool you know, from from what I know about fantasy football, that seems like it would be really important information to know. Yeah, especially because then you can start predicting some moves. It's like, oh, they're, this team is trying to do this, and then that's one step closer for you to help build a a dynasty. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, do you want to give that name to that to your podcast one last time? Yeah, L- the Last Place Fantasy Podcast. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for jumping on the show uh today and hopefully we can have you back at another time i would love to i had a blast talking about our favorite lightsabers but i had a great time fantastic well thank you guys so much for listening uh for the animal squadron this has been mother goose and may the force be with you see everybody